Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Hey there and welcome back to another episode. If you're tuning into the podcast for the first time, welcome to the show. So glad all of you are here today. You are in for a treat, especially if you are a mom today, because regardless of where you're at in your motherhood journey, I do believe that behind every mom are real struggles, real challenges, and real growth happening. And it is always such a gift to learn from someone a few steps or a lot of steps ahead of us. And today is that day. We are sitting down with a dear friend and mentor of mine, Natalie Bone. She is a mom of seven kids, ages seven to 19, parenting in today's world. And so I know that you, like me, will take away so many insights from today's conversation. And I invite you in. So without further ado, take a listen. Natalie, thank you so much for being here. I am so grateful for just you being here. I feel like I've I've already learned so much from you along the way. And I just feel like behind every parent and every mom is a, a struggling mom. <laughs> and I'm just I'm so thankful that we can just chat about just all the the wisdom that that you have. And yeah, so thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. I love stuff like this. Well, I'd love for us just to start by you just sharing a little bit about your your story of motherhood and just sharing with us all of your little ones and their ages and oh, wow. goodness before we we just glean from your wisdom today. How long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's motherhood is one of those things that I don't remember a time. For my earliest memories of not wanting to be a mom, that is what I was made to do. That's what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, other people wanted to be doctors and lawyers and vets and all those things. And um, I didn't. I wanted to be a mom. And um, so I am. And the Lord has entrusted seven children to us. And uh, it's it's odd. And people ask questions that I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, and you know, so that that's been lots of opportunities to show grace and, uh, try and keep just, um, I don't know, humble about it and, uh, dependent. So that's, I think I had so much pride and arrogance and self-righteousness. And with each child, I saw so much of that being stripped and um, I'm so thankful. So there was so much. And I think that's why the Lord gave me seven. Um, I, he had a lot of work to do. And each <laughs> child worked in very unique ways. And um, yeah, so that's, that's what I do is I'm a mom. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things I, I just love so much, you know, I think so often today, right? We don't hear about so many large families today. My mom's one of seven. And I feel like that was very common. All of her cousins were one of seven and, and, you know, it's a little bit more uncommon today. And I think it's even more uncommon to hear of, of families of, of large or large families that have their kids in school, like have their kids in the same everyday things. And they're not all at home being homeschooled. And I'm just so, so amazed at how you just navigate so many of those complexities and, and keep so many of them, all of them really mm-hmm. just grounded. Cause I think parenting today is, is really hard. And kind of like I, I started this off, I go behind every mom, whether you had a dream of being a mom or God mm-hmm. entrusted you with motherhood. Um, mm-hmm. we all struggle 
We all struggle and we're all work in progress and we're all learning. And there's days where I'm overly, you know, consumed by the love of motherhood. And Mm -hmm. there's days where I just think, I'm not sure how I got this job (laughs) because I'm definitely not qualified and I should be fired. (laughs) I should be fired fired from this job. And, you know, I think especially with the little kids and I'm, I'm learning that too. I feel like probably like you, I I look to a lot of, of resources, you know, just spiritual, non-medical, like everything, like how, how do I become the best possible parent for especially for me, for boys like today in, in this society, because they're going to say and do things that, that aren't always positive and kind. <laughs> no, not at all. So I think all. It's, it's like, it's a constant just state of, of how can I keep, you know, learning and, and growing. Um, I'd love us to just start with like, how do, how do you stay grounded? Because I can imagine that you all are incredibly busy with, with schedules and ages, you know, your, mm-hmm. your oldest being in college and your youngest yes. is how young? She's seven. She's seven. In going into second grade. Yes. We have one. Um, well, I'll have, let's see, two left in elementary, one going into sixth grade, one going into eighth grade, one going into 10th and one going in 11th and then college. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's just, it's a lot. And then when you list it like that, I, I realize the, um, the allotness that it is. Um, but to stay grounded, you know, early on, I had, uh, I had expectations placed on me by myself, by outside things. And I tried to live up to those expectations and more of not not, I don't know what the word would be, I guess kind of to earn my worth, like to know that I was okay as a mom. And I would look to so many people and they became like my measuring stick of, I should look like this and my children should look like this. And they're in this school, my children should be in this school. And I remember it was years and years ago and I had just had the standard of perfectionism. That was the yoke that was placed on me and I carried it and placed it on everyone in our home. And I remember my husband, I mean, very, and he is the kindest, most patient, dearest man alive. I've never met one like him. And I remember it was on a Sunday because Sunday, you know, that's when the show goes on the road and you go into church. And, um, so everyone, we looked perfect going out the door. We walked into church perfectly on time, um, got everyone perfectly distributed in their classes, sat down, left the church perfectly, went to our perfect club and got home. And I probably just, I don't know what I had done, what I had said. And he looked at me, we were standing in our kitchen and he said, you are placing just expectations on us that are unsustainable. And I just was demanding perfectionism on myself, him, and every one of our children. And I just remember looking at him and just going, oh my gosh, it was like, I didn't even know. I didn't know because that's how I've been trained. That's what I knew. Um, And I didn't know that that was clouding my heart, my thoughts, my words, everything. And so it was like my eyes were opened and I was like, oh my goodness, no. And so it was, 
just that small little confrontation we had that just turned everything around. Um, and I took that off of everyone. You know, it was tempting to fall back into it. Um, just because when you're, um, it's just kind of a muscle memory thing. Um, and, it, and when I would try, it, it just didn't feel right. It felt heavy again. And I wasn't, I couldn't fly free like I was meant to. And so it just, those temptations became less and less. And now I can't, with seven really, I can't keep that up. That's ridiculous. you know. And I wouldn't be authentic and genuine. And, and you know, I, I, I can't pretend. So that's something that I hope that helps so hard for, I think so many of us to unlearn this expectation mm-hmm. that we don't even know where we acquired it. And no, I, don't know, no. I think for some of us, maybe it was parents. Mm-hmm. I think for some of us, mm-hmm. maybe it was, you know, a need to perform and in, in different right. areas of life. And so we feel like we have to do that same thing in the human interactions in our home. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I think unlearning, like you said, it's, it's muscle memory where yes. everyone needs to look and sound and, and feel right. And we expect yes. five-year-olds to perform with, you know, 35 year old brains that exactly. are also still growing. And yes, yes. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, a, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And we don't even see it because we're in it. Right. And then we wonder why we're so mentally exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really, really good. I think just, even just to be able to, you know, have a spouse, I think that's so important just to be, as we're all trying to help each other grow mm-hmm. and to be honest, I think to have those yeah. honest conversations that, that really help us to grow. And like you said, just to be able to fly free, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that we should be living. There's no reason why we should be living in bondage no. to these expectations no. or that are, that are unrealistic. And, yeah. and yet we do, and we're all, you know, meant to fly free. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. we need those people in our lives, whether they're your spouses or, mm-hmm. or at work or in, in your mm-hmm. church that just call yeah. out these, um, these almost like stumbling blocks in our lives mm-hmm. that we don't realize that not just so much imposing on others, but that we're imposing on ourselves. Exactly. From being like fully free. So mm-hmm. I, I love that you shared that. Thank you. Because I, I think that's something a lot of people don't necessarily want to talk about, right? That people don't no. like to talk about what we're called. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but no, I think you get real defensive. You yeah. do, you do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, this isn't, you know, perfectionism. This is just that I want well-behaved kids and I want everybody to look orderly. And mm-hmm. I think that we realize that like life's not meant to be orderly. It's, mm-hmm. it's messy and it's, that's it's real. The, it's real. And I think that's where mm-hmm. all the, the growth happens. So as mm-hmm. you've kind of like journeyed through, you know, all ages and stages really of, mm-hmm. of kids, what do you feel like is a lesson that you've learned that you just wish you would have known sooner? outside of just like expectations. Is there anything else you can think of that? Gosh, I just wish I learned that sooner. I wish I knew that with my first one. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I was so, so fearful with her. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing I wish I would have learned and it, it, you know, and I'm sure somebody tried to tell me, but I wasn't, I didn't listen. I had it all figured out. Um, was you can't give what you don't have. If I don't have joy, if I don't have peace, if I don't have love, if I don't have humility, if I don't have comfort, if I don't have whatever it is, I can't give it. And um, 
so I, I wish I would have spent more time early on, not made up the excuses, you know, that are just um, so acceptable, I guess. Um, and spent time learning from the one who is love, who is humility, who is peace, who is, I just, I had so, I knew so much, um, but it, it, it hadn't sunk deep and done um, the changing work in me that it needed to be. And so I feel like early on in parenting, I was only giving my children and my husband and my friends and whatever you know capacity I served in, I could only give what I had. And that was, um, you know, a, a very polished outside, but not a whole lot of depth, not a whole lot of comfort, no, not a whole lot of empathy and sympathy. And um, so I, I wish I would have put in more work um, with the one who could have taught me these things earlier on. Mm, that's so beautiful. That's so true though. I think, you know, we, we try to pour out all these things that from an empty, an empty tank. And I heard an interview a couple days ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago now, but it was just talking about how we feel like as soon as I can get my kids fixed yes. and them in order yeah. that I can then work on myself. And what yeah. I'm hearing you saying is kind of the opposite. Like I've, mm-hmm. I can't, expect when my kids are in that right place because there's always going to be something going on that then I can work on myself it should really be you growing my roots in the things Mm -hmm. that keep me rooted and by the things that keep it watered (laughs) yes (laughs) and you know in order for to be able to like provide shade and light and Mm -hmm. growth and nourishment to Mm -hmm. to everyone that we're entrusted with and Mm -hmm. I think that's just such a like beautiful lesson is, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's yeah. like, we've got to water our heart and yeah. before we can let it flow into the, the lives of, of others. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's, that's really, really good. You've been blessed with a really awesome spouse and, you know, how do you, how do you find time for that? Because I think so often I hear in so many places, your, your spiritual walk is like first, your marriage Mm -hmm. is second, and then it's Mm -hmm. like your, your kids. And I think as moms, I think we get those really out of order sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We get them really out of order and it's like, our kids Mm -hmm. are first, our kids are everything. Our kids need to have everything. And like, how do you still find time for, just like for you and your spouse to, to stay connected and do you go on date nights? Do you get a babysitter? Like, what do you do? Like, how do you guys still stay, you know, grounded and have time and make time and and make that communication just a really open platform between you two? Well, with my husband and I, he has always, um, he views our date nights as an investment in our future. And, uh, I was like, Oh, that's an interesting perspective. And, uh, we, for years and years and years have had a um, consistent date night once a week. Um, And before our oldest was able to babysit, we would hire a sitter. And we just kept that a standard. That's what we do on whatever. I think, I don't even remember what night it used to be. Now it's Sunday night. Um, We would go out and that was our date night. And that was just a priority. And You know, sometimes like if that doesn't work for you, when your children are in school, you have a lunch date, whatever it is, because our philosophy is like our children are going to leave 
And when they all leave, um, I don't, we don't want to look at each other and not know each other. We don't want to look at each other and have to relearn things. Like we just want to keep going, you know? And so we have made it a priority this whole time of each other, but also we like each other, obviously. So many times I think with making our children or our spouse, the center of our world, um, we're rotating around the wrong thing. And so your center, it can't be yourself. It can't be your husband and it can't be your children. It can't be your job, whatever that is. If your center is um, something that is not eternal, uh, it's not going to work. You're going to be off balance. You, you're going to put way too much focus, energy, exp- everything um, into what does it, it, it won't last. And it, it, your children weren't made to carry that kind of burden. Your spouse was not made to carry that kind of burden. Your job can only give you so much. Um, yourself, you know, any of those things, it's not going to work. And it's not sustainable. So we have, um, that's what we've taught our children. They are not our world. <laughs> They're a part of it. And my husband knows he's not my world. You know, do I, do we love and just adore each other? Absolutely. Do my children know that I love and adore them? Absolutely. But all eyes are pointed to the one who made them. And every day it, it's more of a shift of not depending on me, depending on him. And um, so, yeah, it, it, the center matters what you're centered on. an interesting lesson for kids too. So often my kids will ask, do you love daddy more than me? Do you love God more than us? (laughs) And so they can't quite wrap their brains around it, but it's, it's really interesting conversations and and dialogue that you have with, especially the really young ones. But I think, you know, we have such an opportunity to model in our homes, you know, what, what love is in so many different ways. And I've heard it said before, like the first way that kids learn love is in their, it's in their home, right? Like that's, it's that's when they, home. they learn love. And even if they can't quite necessarily grasp, you know, the, the complexities mm-hmm. and, you know, of, of God, right? Like it's still, yeah. they're only, they're only mm-hmm. all that their brain can wrap itself around is the love that they see that's modeled until, right. until they can, you know, begin to, to understand it and grow in, mm-hmm. in their spiritual walks. And so I think it's, it is just, it's so important. I think we, we miss opportunities so often to, to model love, but also like even just for anyone who comes into your house too, like yes. I just, I feel like the, we're in such a broken world and so many families are broken. And I think about mm-hmm. parents who influenced me as kids, when I would go to their mm-hmm. house, like watching what yes. they did at the dinner table and yes. watching how their mom and dad greeted each other when they came home mm-hmm. from work. And, you know, we don't even realize the, the impact that we have just beyond our beyond just our kids, but on the people that our kids are with too. And I love what you said about it being an investment. I think when we make an investment in something, obviously the goal is for it to generate returns, right? Like you don't want something like put into something to get exactly what you put in back, but it's like we invest in something for it to, to grow, you know, and deeper and and I kind of think of it as like accruing interest over all these years. If we invest now, like when our kids go off to school and our kids go off to college, Our marriage is that much stronger because it's, Mm -hmm. it's grown over the years. And Mm -hmm. what I see happen, I think so often is the opposite. We try to go invest 
or we wait right until the kids are yes. off. And then it's, it's yes. so hard to go back because it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's hard. And I, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is just me, but maybe mm-hmm. it's negative thinking, but I feel like a lot of marriages today live at like a five out of 10. Things are just right. okay. And yeah. my husband and I just talked about, okay, if, cause we're always busy mm-hmm. and there's always things happening. And I think people are like, we're okay, we're good. But they right. forget to like put those investments in now to make it a six or a seven or a seven and eight and eight or nine or nine or a 10 and yeah. like keep pouring in and keep growing it and keep strengthening it. Because when the winds of life come and things happen yeah. with jobs and with families yeah. and life and, you know, life happens and it's hard. And when those things come yes. and the winds blow you, like you don't want to blow yeah. back to a two or a three. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You want to <laughs> blow back to the strongest possible number that, that you can on this, you know, made up scale yeah. in my brain. But yeah. I feel like that's where yes. we see it too. It's like this scale of an investment. And even the days where we feel like things are good, it's like, that's not good enough. Mm-mm. That's not good enough. And we've got to keep it mm-hmm. growing and keep it healthy mm-hmm. because there mm-hmm. are going to be seasons that are more challenging than we're in now and in different ways. And I think that's, that's something that I've, I've heard from just a lot of moms who are much more experienced and wiser than me. You think it's going to get easier and you think that you get more time and you just don't, you don't, you (laughs) You don't don't. like, if it's not your physical time, it's your mental time Mm -hmm. thinking of where are my kids and are they okay? And now they moved Mm -hmm. and now they're overseas and you just, Mm -hmm. your mind is always in, in that mode in different ways. And yeah. there's always going to be, you know, time allocated differently. And so the, yes. the best time is now mm-hmm. when you have time, it's now, yes. it's now. now to do so yeah. many of those things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think one of the things I'm just, I'm so just amazed. I just, I love hearing you talk about just your parenting and um, it's just you with so many kids. I think the heart of each mm-hmm. kid is really different and that's mm-hmm. something I'm learning too. It's, you know, we've yeah. got, our boys are about two to three years apart, depending on the age. And I feel like they are so different. They came from yes. the same humans and they're so, you, wouldn't know. They're, know. you just wouldn't know. Like they look you different, they act different. Their interests mm-hmm. are completely opposite. Their maturity mm-hmm. levels are so different. And, mm-hmm. you know, how do you like manage the complexities of like, be intentional with each kid? Because, each you know, you can't just say like copy paste, we're all going to do this. No. And obviously no. with some things you can, mm-hmm. but how do you do that? Like, how do you, how do you just bring out the best in each kid rather than just saying, you're all going to follow these roles and this is how we're all going to live. Well, see, I tried that and it didn't work. (laughs) Um, it wasn't sustainable. I think each child has a unique heart. Each child learns differently. They respond to love differently. Um, they show love differently. Each child came with their own gifts and talents and strengths and weaknesses. And to hold them to this same standard that I held the oldest to or the youngest, it's not fair. It isn't fair. And so I want to be able to, um, to read my children. I, I, I watch them a lot, you know, and I listen and um, I feel like I'm always doing kind of detective work, just watching their eyes, watching the state of their room, watching um, and listening to the words that are coming out of their mouth, just that's why, and this is, this is not do whatever works best for you. Um, I don't, our children don't ride the bus. I pick them up because in pickup line, I watch them walk out of school. Um, I watch them stand in line and I watch how they'll interact with a teacher or with friends. And I know a lot before they get into the car. I, I know 
by their body posture, by the way their shoulders are held back or slumped. I see it in their eyes, how their day is gone. And all the way home, I'm asking questions to see what the world has told them. We kind of sort it out, what's true, what's not. And we get home and we're ready to be home and be a family. And if there's something that needs mending, I see that. I see this one, this one's tired. This one was wounded today. I need, this one needs a little extra. Um, I, I don't know, like if I'm running an errand, um, I normally don't go alone. I'll, you know, take a couple with me or uh, if I'm going on a walk, take them with you. Just, I want them to know they are valuable and I enjoy their company. Um, there are times, you know, like I take a bath every night by myself, just, um, just to relax and be away for a few minutes. And then I'm ready to jump back in. But, you know, I take the, I get up early and I take time. So I'll have something to give, but I, I'm just intentional. My time is not mine. I, and so I just, I need to spend it. I, I, and I've been entrusted with time. I've been given another day. It's not for me. So how can I, how can I spend the day? How can I spend my time um, on who's most, who's in front of me? Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, every every yes I say to outside of our home is a no I'm saying to inside our home. So I'm I am very um, protective of our time, but I'm not selfish with our time. Um, if we are to be a light somewhere, I, I, I check <laughs> like how much how much flame do I have? <laughs> you know how how much do I have to give to whatever that is. And is, is there a peace that comes with it? If there is, we go for it. If there isn't, no, we, we, we stay home. Um, I, I'm not in the school of thought of just always having to have my children in something, in a lesson, in a sport. There's great things with that. But we, I just kind of take it child by child and see what they need for that season and if it's sustainable or not. So such a good reminder, I think for all of us, I yeah. think this, this revisiting intentionality of, yeah. of our time. And I think society yeah. today tells us like, you know, steal all the time for you, you can get yeah. right. It's like such yeah. a me centered culture. And I do think yeah. that you have to take that intentional time, like you said, to say, mm -hmm. how do I make sure I have something to give? But I also mm -hmm. like whether that's waking up earlier or just shutting that bathroom door for five minutes to give yes. yourself a chance just to <laughs> to uh -huh. breathe and to uh -huh. think and so you know meditating uh -huh. so many of those conversations like you said whatever's uh -huh. happening at school or whatever it does take uh -huh. a lot of energy to have those conversations that you know aren't always as, as simple as I think we'd like for them to be uh -huh. especially when there has been a wound and uh -huh. those are those are very hard heart conversations yes I think just that reminder uh -huh. to think about intentionally everything I love what you said about like everything you say yes to outside of the home you're saying no to inside of the home I think that yeah. goes whether you have kids or not like whether that's yeah. your, your marriage your heart your life yeah. that's I think just a, a really really good reminder for us all so mm -hmm. I have to ask you like on a not super serious note, but really practical uh -huh. note, it's like, how do you do dinners and stuff? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I feel like yeah. we're still navigating. How do I not do five different yeah. dinners every night? Because everybody's oh. picky. Oh, okay. This one, I didn't really even know. I just did it. And I didn't, we were in Dallas one day and 
having lunch and this older lady came up to us and she was like, oh, are y'all, I think she asked if we were French. And I was like, no. And she said, oh, your children just, it was something like your, your children eat like you're French. And I was like, oh, what did she mean by that? And so I I found out, you know, (laughs) and it's, I mean, you can take it with food. You can take it with, you can, I don't know, take the analogy so many places, but if, um, if you feed your children, like cheap baby food kind of stuff, that's what they're going to become accustomed to. And that's what they're going to want. And that's what they're going to like. If you feed them sugary stuff all the time, that's what they're going to want and like. Um, I have a different standard and it's more like, I want to feed them kind of what I'm eating, what, what I'm going to feed myself and my husband, I want them to eat too. And it might not be, um, macaroni and cheese, you know, or just, or something quick and easy. It it might take more time, but they'll develop a taste for something much finer, much, you know, more nutritious, better for them. If this is what they've been presented with all along, children don't know what they're missing (laughs) until you tell them what they're missing. They don't know what they can. um, I don't know. It's just a I've never fallen into the way of doing this like baby food and all. I mean, yes, for choking reasons and all that, you know, but I mean, just um, calling them up higher, calling them up for a a better palate in everything. I want them to want more than what the world is presenting them with. I don't want to hand them a Lunchable because it's easy. I want to hand them something much better. So a Lunchable, and I mean, some of my kids like Lunchables. I'm not knocking a Lunchable. Sometimes that's what you do, you know, but I'm just saying, give them a taste for something more. So a Lunchable is just uh, a mere, Lunchable is a substitute. I want them to want the real thing. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I don't know. I don't want them to crave a Lunchable when the Lord is wanting to give them a feast. That's really, really good. So what do you do? Like when you're, since someone's like, whatever you made for dinner, like, I, I don't like that. I tasted it and I don't like yeah, it. And I don't like it. But I feel well, like my mom heart is like, but I want you to eat. And we have one yeah. who we're trying really hard to, um, he just like has to gain weight just based off his, his size. And so there's this yeah. part of me that just wants to say like, eat anything you want. Cause I just, yeah. and so it's, it's hard. So like, what do you do? Has that ever happened? Or is it just, oh, like, yeah. everybody loves it. <laughs> No. <laughs> and I mean, I'm an okay cook, you know, I do my best. Um, I'll like modify things. Um, say if we're having spaghetti and one doesn't like sauce or whatever, I'll just take out the noodles and, you know, do that with something else. I try and modify what is in front of me. Um, if it's, they absolutely just don't like it and it's either they're just going to not eat if I if I make them you know set this before them they're just not gonna eat um then I'll say fine you know make make your make yourself something and they've done it even when they're really little um but I just I don't know I I just I want them to like better things and I also like what when they're hungry I let them kind of 
for snacks and things. I let them moderate that. They don't come to me all the time asking for snacks. They know where the pantry is. And um, I want them to know, even in choosing their snacks, that I trust them, that they're in, that it's just one way of letting them be independent and kind of reg- self-regulating some things. And um, I can't, I, I just can't, I can't keep up with all of that. I, that's just, I can't keep up with myself. So. <laughs> I know, like, yes, I can't. So to keep up with all the snack, you know, just, we kind of have set dinner times and meal times. And as far as like preparing dinners, like I, I, I do what everybody else does. I just make a little bit more. I do go to the grocery shop, grocery store, you know, pretty often. And I just buy more. It's just what everybody else does. Just, I use a bigger pot. That's about it. (laughs) It just seems so much harder though. (laughs) It's not, it is not. I mean, like you just, you know, where you could get by doing, you know, nine by 10 or however they come lasagna. Well, I got to do a little bit bigger, you know, or bigger salad, you know, whatever, but it's just same as everybody else. It's about like trusting them, even just in the small things. Yeah. Something I'm learning, I think, is just building trust with your kids. And, yeah. you know, I heard it said once if they can't come to you with the little things, they're never going to yeah. come to you with the big things. And I think, no. even just like mutual respect in general, I feel like trusting yeah. them and, mm-hmm. and, you know, loving them despite imperfections when they're small and when it's little things like a snack, mm-hmm. right? Building it in the small things. Yes. <laughs> because as, yeah. as they grow, the snack becomes bigger decisions yes. and becomes bigger yes. things in life. But uh-huh. I think that we have just a way to practice so much of that mm-hmm. in the small, almost like unimportant things, right? Like bigger right. battles. <laughs> yes. Yes. But use those as these mm-hmm. micro lessons for macro mm-hmm. things in life. And mm-hmm. I think that that's definitely something that we can all learn from and just work on how we like strengthen those relationships mm-hmm. with our kids. Any chance you get to let them know that they are loved unconditionally and that you trust them. Take it. Whether it's letting them pick out their own outfit, letting them uh, choose their snack, letting them regulate bedtime within reason. You know, I mean, just giving them a little bit more freedom and you tweak it and you're, you know, you, you set the boundaries, but any chance you get, take it, take it. It's an investment. I love and I love that. I think yeah. we we miss a lot of those chances. Yes. Because of what you yes. said earlier, I think we just put no. the excuse of no. okay, I have a chance now, but I could also go do yeah. this or but yeah. then we're going to get into a long conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um I just finished reading a book and it was talking a lot about like building margin in our life. And yes. I just, I love that. It's really challenged me a lot to think, you know, like you just said a minute ago too, you know, I think so many times we fill our kids schedules or And, you know, I do try to kind of regulate that to, you know, keeping margin in your life to be available, whatever available means for that conversation or for when that kid taps you on the shoulder saying something happened today and Mm -hmm. uh, whatever that, or just doing something Mm -hmm. fun and spontaneous, like just being available Mm -hmm. for that, that love, that conversation, that Mm -hmm. moment that even if it's a moment of discipline, like I think discipline takes time and discipline takes work. And nobody wants to do it and nobody has it mastered. No, no. no. <laughs> we have really, really explored that one a lot of just uh-huh. how, how do we discipline our kids in a way that speaks yeah. to their heart and right. teaches uh-huh. them, you know, to, to pursue the right things. And uh-huh. it's really hard, but like, it takes time. And I totally get why, why people don't, 
Mm-hmm. You know, or don't sit mm-hmm. down and do bedtime or it's like, you're tired, you're tired. And it okay. takes so much time. But like you said, those opportunities no. won't come again. No. And if we're opening up a window or a door into their life or their heart. I think we have to, you know, step in when we can, because there's, it gets mm-hmm. harder and harder. I think as they get older and that's such a good, good yes. reminder. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one question I love to ask people on the podcast is just you know, I think success looks really different to so many of us. You know, when you reflect back on your life in 10, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, right? Like whatever that is, what will you say? I just feel that was successful that I did like everything that I could possibly do within my, my limits and within my gifts. Well, I mean, I can, I can go like back up for a year ago when we were dropping our oldest off at college and you know, I'll probably get so teary thinking about it because it was so sweet. And it was just such a, it was almost like I'd been handed a trophy, you know, that nobody else could see, but dropping our oldest off for school and, um, hugging her in the parking lot because with COVID and all that, I mean, there was just so many strange regulations, you know, but, um, we were able to move her into her dorm and, um, all that. But I remember that moment in the parking lot and just hugging this girl that's you know my size and I remember telling her there's nothing more I could ask of you there's nothing more nothing more I'd want you know you're just in in spite of me in spite of my brokenness and my woundedness all the things that I came into my marriage with into you know and I became a mom despite all that just just this treasure I was given and watching her just soar was phenomenal. Um, she's so full of joy, so full of love. And, you know, just that was a moment going, Lord, I don't, I don't know how we got here. I don't know how these 19 years just flew by. I don't know, but I am looking at grace right here. And it was just, Oh, I didn't want to let her go, but you know, we would still be in the parking lot. if, (laughs) (laughs) But it was just, it was such a sweet time. And, and if we fast forward, when each of our children launch out, um, whatever that looks like, I want to be able to say when they left our home, they love well. Mm. I want them to, because they know the one that loved them first and that they are just, they just love well because the world needs that. I mean, the world is so hungry for love and so lost yeah. and false, you know, just this false artificial love. And so they need, the world needs that. And so for my children to walk out of our home and hopefully come back a whole, whole lot um, <laughs> is that they have learned to love well because everything else, um, and, and this love is eternal. So everything else that you get so worked up about and, you know, are they going to get into the right school? Will they choose the right career? Will they do all these things? If it's not eternal, I'm not going to invest a whole lot in it. Um, and for this, this love, this is what I pour into. This is what I am. I, I'm counting on it. And that is what I am putting all my efforts into. And, you know, you wonder, like, are they going to be able to know how to budget? Will they know how to do their laundry? You know what? 
there's YouTube for that. They can figure that out, you know, like they can put it, you know, podcast and figure these things out. But if I have not raised them in a home of love, um, I've failed. And I, mm -mm, I'm not doing that. Hundred mm, percent agree with that. Yeah, yeah. like you said, yeah. the, the world can teach them all the other things that don't matter, but yeah. love is yeah. love is a hard one. If you let the world teach your kids love, it's not going to be very pretty. It isn't. It's it not going to be very pretty. That's it isn't. That that definition no. definitely was a uh, that was a good little tearjerker for me too. I think just thinking about yeah, sorry. You know, whether it's like kindergarten yes. graduation or oh college graduation or high school too. graduation, I think yes. whatever it is, you look back and you just you forget everything that all the, all the like long, long days, you just say, this is what it's for. Um, one question I usually end on that question, but I have one more question. <laughs> you have time. Um, you know, I, I feel like you, you know, you, you lead your children, you lead your home, you lead a lot of women in a lot of groups. And from just so many of the women that you've sat down with over, over the course of the past couple of years, what is one thing that you hear so many women struggle with, whether it's daughters or yeah. mothers or, yeah. you know, anybody, anybody that's funny because I often, even strangers and, and I do talk to strangers a lot, um, <laughs> you know, and it's not, um, it wouldn't be appropriate and especially now but I so often like I have such an urge to take especially women's faces in my hands and just tell them you are worthy of love you are you are more than enough and I don't think if you knew who you were if you knew what love says about you what love calls you if you knew that you would not um you wouldn't, we would not be responding the way we do. We would not be speaking the way we do. We would not be um, investing in things the way we do. We would not be giving our time to things the way we do. We, it, it would even go so far as we wouldn't even be dressing the way we do if we knew that we were loved and what love says to us. Um, I know love. I know it. And it has changed everything. Um, and that goes back to, you know, when you don't know love, you can't give it. And so I know it. And I, you know, so often I feel like, you know, any, any chance I get going to Walmart, going to Target, going to HEB, wherever I am, like I, I get the picture of just carrying like a little seed bag with me and sprinkling these love seeds everywhere I go, just looking the cashier in the eye. I, I just want people to know love. And if it's, um, the Lord gives me lots and lots of opportunities and I try and take them as much as I can, even when I'm just trying to mind my own business, but I know that each person I encounter is worth it and they are worthy of love. And if I can leave them a little bit better than I found them, you know what? I can take a nap when I get home. <laughs> you know, if I don't feel like I have the strength or the energy, it'll, it'll all work out, but just, um, that women especially would know that they are loved. That's what I would say. Well, I'm so thankful yeah. to know you and to know someone who carries such a huge bag of seeds of love. <laughs> I feel like every time I get to see you or yeah. be with you, it's, I feel like you scatter those seeds. And I think it's just a beautiful way to 
wrap up our conversation because I feel like it's not our job to water and grow and, and do all of that. But we do have a job of throwing out the seeds, throwing out the seeds, no matter where you yep. go, spread the seeds, yep. spread, spread the seeds and yep. they'll be watered the way they're supposed to be watered, but exactly. don't miss that opportunity to do it. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that you pour out those mm-hmm. seeds and just for the love that I've just learned by just watching you and learning from you. And I'm so grateful that you would take out time of your busy schedule. to just to share with, with myself and with all of those who are listening. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. This was and so I, much. I know you have a blog. I would love for you to just yes. share just where people can find you on that. Um, yeah. Sure. It's uh, called Table of Olives and it's tableofolives.com. And I got that uh, name from uh, scripture and the Psalms. And it's just, it was talking about how your children are like olive shoots around your table. And so that's where that came from. And um, yeah, so hop on over there, tableofolives.com. I'll post. Um, sometimes I post every day, I'll write something and other days uh, I don't, but it, it's there. I've been doing it for a couple of years and it's a lot of fun. Well, thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, my friends, that's a wrap. And well, I don't know about you, but I definitely had lots of notes and golden nuggets from my conversation with Natalie today. So if anything, I hope that you just walk away encouraged and inspired and just knowing that there are so many incredible women and moms who are a few steps or maybe a handful of steps ahead of us who are just so willing to to share wisdom and shed light on the journey that we're all walking through together. So just want to put a quick plug for a quick favor. If you haven't already, please take a quick five to 30 seconds to leave your feedback, whether that's via stars or via words on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. That's what will help this episode and so many more to come to continue to encourage and inspire other people just like you. So thank you for that quick favor. And here are today's incredible truths and takeaways from our conversation. Number one, unlearn any expectations you're placing on yourself and your family that might not be sustainable. Instead, fly free. Number two, if you have people in your life who call you to greater things, don't take offense to it. Thank them for it. That one was my favorite. Number three, you can't give what you don't have. Number four, date night as an investment in your future. So make it happen. Don't make excuses. Number five, your center can't be yourself, your husband, your children, your job. It's just not sustainable and it won't work. Number six, the best time to invest in your spiritual life, your kids, and your marriage is now. Number seven, you've been entrusted with time. You have been given the gift of another day. So spend it wisely. Number eight, every yes that you say yes to outside of your home is a no you're saying to inside of your home. Number nine, don't crave substitutes, crave the real thing. Number 10, any chance you get to let your kids know they are loved unconditionally and that you trust them, take it. Number 11, keep the margin in your life to be available, whatever available might be for you. And lastly, model love, be love, the world needs love. You'll never know the impact of the love seeds that you might sprinkle and the influence that you can have on the people around you. So thanks again for tuning in today's episode. Thanks for sticking around. I hope you have an incredible day. I will see you right back here next week for our next conversation. And until next time.